0: Welcome to Straight Talk Wealth, heard every Sunday night at 5 p.m. With your experts in all aspects of wealth accumulation, preservation, and income planning guaranteed to last a lifetime. And now your host of Straight Talk Wealth, Bruce Whitey, on AM870, The Answer.
1: Hey, welcome to Straight Talk Wealth Radio. We have a unique and different show than we've ever done before today today. Listen, you want to go to our website, check out all the wealth and material that we have that we can't begin to even do on broadcast radio at straighttalkwealth.com. Straighttalkwealth.com, lots of great material that extrapolates further everything we talk about on the radio today. And you also want to write down this phone number. We have a really, really special event for you attend if you are a listener of straight talk wealth radio we've never done this before this phone number is not the usual phone number we give away this phone number is 818-249-7249 that's 818-249-7249 because we're going to be doing an event in the middle of november for our listeners it is called a thief in the night how the next stock market crash is inevitable and what you can do about it, and that just happens to actually be the topic of today's show.
2: That is correct.
1: A thief in the night: how the next stock market crash is inevitable, and what you can do about it. And with me today is my cohort at tax-free benefit specialist, my business partner, Miss Sandy Furman. Hi, Bruce. How you doing?
2: Very well, thanks. I'm looking forward to this event.
1: Yes, I'm looking forward. It's going to be a fantastic event. I'm going to be personally delivering. Really, uh, what you're going to get is Harry S. Dent's Demographic School condensed down. And you and I are going off to Tampa right before that event for a whole four-day economic conference. We're coming back with a lot of great stuff we're going to be giving away at the seminar. That's right. Hey, listen, what we're talking about today, first thing we want to talk about is Wall Street Journal, big story, the International Monetary Fund, the guys that are giving away money on this planet to everybody, they have a bottomless bank of money to give when people are really in need, have come out and said... Uh, You guys better brace for another global recession coming. We're studs, but we can't handle this. This is some scary stuff. You're talking about the International Monetary Fund is telling the world to brace another global recession that is we're going to pick up on that story from the wall street journal and then when we come back from that uh today we're going to discuss the organic causes that are never discussed in the press about why these things are actually more predictable than you would think we're going to help you understand inflation versus deflation how the global debt bubbles finally burst and we're going to talk about the seasons of the economy uh the big China bubble that's coming and demographics. Demographics is that little understood subject that if you understood it and studied it, you could protect, preserve, and prosper in your business and your investments because you would be way out in front of the curve of these seemingly unpredictable changes in world events and economies. We've got an extensive brand new exclusive interview today on the air with Harry S. Dent, best-selling New York Times author, uh, and an opportunity to attend a live event hosted by Straight Talk Wealth Radio that is going to break down... All of the issues that are we only able to touch upon today. I want to get right into this first clip. This is straight off the Wall Street Journal's website. It's insane. It's the International Monetary Fund telling the world uh, something's going to hit the air conditioner really fast. Oh.
3: Just three years after a global recession ended, the International Monetary Fund is warning the world to brace for another one. I'm Deborah Kahn, and I'm joined now by Tokyo Bureau Chief Jake Schlesinger. Okay, Jake, this announcement comes obviously just as the World Bank IMF is planning their annual meeting in Tokyo. But just how bad is the IMF warning things could get?
4: Um, you know, Deborah, that, um, they're warning that the world is in a very fragile state and a weakening state right now. Um, but what they're talking about is that the risks are growing as well. Weakness is spreading uh, across the world, um, very few bright spots at all. Um, and that in April, when they said that the risk of a, a, a recession in the advanced economies and a serious in the emerging economies was just 4%, uh, in just a few months, they've now upped that to 17% and say the risks are even higher going forward.
3: Okay, and of course, in two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, we saw a v-shaped recovery. Any indication of whether or not the IMF thinks that uh, what what severity this this global recession and recovery could be?
4: Um, you know, it, it's too soon to know, this is we're not even sure that we will necessarily escape back into recession what a recovery would look like. But one of the interesting and uh, disturbing notes in the IMF report was not just uh, that the global growth is weakening again, but that the that, that the situation is a lot more complicated than it was. Uh, in 2008-2009, meaning back then uh, it seemed like there was a pretty simple solution which worked pretty well, which was just incredibly aggressive fiscal and monetary policy. Now, as we all know, that aggressive fiscal policy was part of what laid the groundwork for the problems we have today, and it significantly complicates the response because the ability of any country now to just go back to massive spending uh, its a lot more dicey than it was back then.
3: Okay, and, of course, we have the Eurozone, the U.S., lackluster growth, and, of course, China's economy slowing. Any um, area in particular the IMF is more worried about than, than the other in terms of its impact on the global economy?
4: Well, Europe remains, obviously, the biggest drag over everybody, and that ripples through. We see how it's affecting you know, China's economy, which then ripples through even to places uh, here like Japan, um, so Europe is clearly the big drag. I think you're seeing growing concern about the so-called fiscal cliff in the U.S. That's a theme not just in the IMF report, uh, but I think increasingly you're going to hear a lot of people pounding on that. Uh, here during the, uh, the meetings all week in Tokyo, people are kind of increasingly worried. They've been so focused on Europe, but they're looking at the U.S. Uh, is also heading toward potentially a big uh, fiscal economic policy disaster unless they can get their politics in order to try and fix it.
1: Listen, if you've been listening to Straight Talk Wealth for a while, none of this you're hearing is new today. We've been talking about this for a long time, how the actions that the governments are taking to try to stop this deflationary spin that has to happen is making things worse. But we're going to be having an event, and you're going to learn all about it. It's called A Thief in the Night, a financial survival workshop. It's going to be held on Wednesday, November 14th. That's an evening at 6 p.m. in Glendale. Uh, We're going to also hold it again on Saturday, the 17th, at uh, 10 a.m. in Glendale and Sandy's going to give you the information in just a minute on how to attend that. But let me tell you what it's about. It's a financial survival workshop for our listeners. Um, it is an in-depth study. First of all, a big deal of a, a part of it is going to be the Harry S. Dent demographic school that he charges people an arm and a leg to attend. We're going to be delivering a large part of that to help you understand what's happening, understanding the problems in the world today, and help you create a financial survival strategy. But we're not selling anything. There is no close to this. But what we're going to talk about is understanding the problems in the world today. Demographics, the organic driving force that puts all of today's events in play, started 66 years ago after World War II, and no government on Earth can change it because it's organically caused, and you're going to learn also why the demographics of China will also force the big Chinese depression later this decade. We're going to talk about why we see bubble after bubble. You're going to learn about the seasons of the economy and why bubbles are a routine specter in the economic autumn after a hot summer of economic expansion and before the winter of decay, which is what we're trying to get into if the government will just let us get there. So you're also going to learn about mistaken governmental policies. World governments and banks can practically be counted on to employ failed strategies, reinflate over bubbles create new bubbles and in general worsen the ongoing the oncoming economic winter season they've been doing this for centuries every time it comes up and you're also going to learn about the light at the end of the tunnel and why the u.s is actually poised demographically to boom again by the end of this decade if and I say, if our government doesn't drive us over the fiscal cliff before then. Sandy, what do we got to do to get to this event?
2: You can you can sign up in one of two ways. You can go to our website at straighttalkwealth.com slash events and sign up directly online. Or you can call the office at 818-249-7249 and give me your information and I can help figure out how to get you registered. But you need to call before November 7th for the early bird registration. Give that number again. 818 818- 249 An early bird registration will get you a ticket price of only $25 per person or only $30 for two. And after. Five no- bucks for the second person. That's right. And after November 7th, the price will go up. So call now, 818 249 7249, or go to our website at straighttalkwealth.com forward slash events to sign up.
1: I'll give you more of the agenda uh, in just a little bit on the show. But right now, what I want to do is I want to get into my discussion I had with Harry Dent, an exclusive interview this week, uh, where he and I discussed several of these topics that we're going to be discussing at the workshop. Hey, thanks so much for being with us today, Harry. I want to start right out and just talk about current headlines, what we see going on right now in the economy. Uh, we have seen a slight drop in unemployment. That's good news. It's getting in the right direction. Uh, Maybe we have a long way to go, but it seems to be the right direction. And what's really critical is a lot of good news on real estate. Commerce Department says single-family housing starts hit their highest level in 28 months back in August. Single-family starts were up 5.5% from July and 26.8% from a year ago. Uh, You got existing home sales hitting their highest level in 27 months in August. And you even put in your bulletin in October that the L.A. market seriously delinquent mortgages as major metro areas go we're number 15th so that's pretty good we, we're at the end of that graph in terms of one of the last areas now to have seriously delinquent mortgages of major metro areas and in the, today in the times there's an article family debt falls to pre 2007 level so we're getting a readjustment of debt which is what you're always talking about in terms of wanting to see things turn around so my question is really is it, what do we have to worry about here
0: well, again, I mean, we see these as lagging indicators, and first of all, things like housing starts and home sales and all of this sort of stuff, this is what I call a dead cat bounce. If something drops from 10 to 1 and then bounces to 2, you got, you got a 50% or 100% increase from nothing. We had a massive drop uh, from 2006 to recently, to late 2011, things like housing starts and home sales, new home sales and stuff. And yeah, it's getting better, But but if you look at the overall chart and how big the drop is, the, the bounce from there, this is very, very minor, and it's coming on a lag with the lowest mortgage rates in history. I mean, the question should be with 30 year mortgage rates at 3.4%, why are not houses selling like hotcakes and back at higher levels than ever before instead of just barely bouncing? So, this, this is natural to me that, that mortgage rates went so low, and, and you, you get a certain amount of pent up demand from, from homes not selling for so many years, and, and, and home builders have not been building since 2007 so so you do get tightening supply you do get a little more demand and yeah so home prices come up a little bit home sales come a little bit this is not a sustainable recovery that's what we say you know in our recent newsletters and reports it's not sustainable because the baby boomers who still dominate the economy dominate spending the next generation the echo boom is only about a third in the economy the other two-thirds are still in school they're the people who will buy houses in the future Baby boomers peaked. They peaked in their home buying, and they're going to spend less on homes, and they're going to downsize if anything. And the starter home market is going to start to come back in the coming years. But the, but the, you know, the trade-up home market, the McMansions, they're dead for a long time. And housing overall is not going to come back substantially in this decade. So this is good news near term, but it is not a sign of a sustainable recovery. I think within about a year, home prices are going to be dropping again.
2: So, Bruce, what does this mean to our listeners? What it means
1: this is not just about real estate. You're going to he- stay tuned for the rest of the show because Harry's going to tell us about all the other implications that roll out because we're really still looking at a secondary international global crash, just like the Wall Street Journal and the IMF were telling you up front that we've been telling you for a long time. Now you heard the story. It's finally hitting the news. And what we're telling you about is that. On November 14th, which is a Wednesday evening at 6 o'clock, November 17th, uh, Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, we're going to go into so much more detail into all of this about A Thief in the Night, how the global economy basically is going to steal retirement from the unprepared baby boom generation in the next 10 years. Wow. You get tickets for that by calling 818-249-7249 818-249-7249. Or actually go to our website, straighttalkwealth.com forward slash events. Sign up there. But let me tell you what this means to different people. What you're gonna one thing you're gonna hear a lot about at the workshop are demographic trends. Listen, business owners, I'm talking to you right now, people in business. Demographic trends are essential to knowing who and where your markets are. What sort of goods or services are going to be in demand from the largest parts of our population? And is your historical field of consumers and clients, will they be trending away from your business or toward your business model in the 2010s? If you understand basic demographic trends, you can get out ahead of them strategically in your business. Now, investors and savers, whole different topic of what this means to you. Investors and savers. Look, the baby boom is fast approaching retirement age. In this final 10-year run-up of your golden years, too many people have still not grasped that the levels of growth we saw in the stock market in the 80s and 90s are just not coming back. And the alternative choices, really, if you look around, just seem to be getting worse. So do you risk losing your wealth in stocks, bonds, or funds? And yes, maybe even commodities if you understand some of the issues we're covering in the next crash? Or do you watch inflation burn up the lousy 1% or less The bank will give you. You're going to get answers to all of that when you attend. Go to the website straighttalkwealth.com forward slash events or call the number at the office. Leave your contact information. We'll get back to you and get your tickets for you. 818-249-7249. 818-249-7249. Now, listen, folks, if you think the stimulus has made it all better and the government's always going to take care of us and do the right thing, yeah, maybe up to the election, it's going to be looking pretty good. But let's talk with Harry a little bit about what happens after the election. Harry, you said in your October bulletin, quote, this is how the stimulus is likely finally to fail. It creates a bubble that bursts and then the burst counters the stimulus, unquote. Now, that sounds almost too simple. So can you explain this a little bit to us?
0: Yeah, yeah, there is a little more to it than that. The, the, we have a simple 46-year lag on the birth index, which we just for immigration, to kind of show you when a generation is going to move in greater and greater numbers into peak spending, which creates a boom. And when the peak numbers peak and start spending less, then that creates a bust. Now, But there's, there's a second dimension to that. We've got about 80% of our economy is represented by that average household that peaks around age 46. People who uh, the top 10 to 20% of people who tend to be college educated, much lower unemployment, much higher financial assets, they have not been hit by this recession. They did not lose their job. They are not seeing their wages go down. And when the, when the stock market collapsed, the Fed, with all this stimulus, basically this stimulus is not going into lending in the banking system. It's going into speculation by banks because they are no longer lending and most, consumers don't want to borrow and businesses don't want to borrow. So it's just pumping back up the stock market. That benefits the top 10 to 20% of households that make more, spend more, and control 80 to 90% of the financial assets. So they have benefited. They, today, I see polls regularly now that say, mm-hmm. hey, is the economy worse off or better off than four years ago or whatever, or when a recession started? 20 some percent will say, yeah, it's better than ever. The other 80 will say, no. We never came out of this recession, and and about half of those will say we never came out of what they call a depression. So the economy looks very different to most households that are not seeing any relief, any benefit from stimulus. Their house is still underwater. They're still worried about losing their job or their wages have been cut, and this top 20% that are doing great. The problem is they go to school a little later. They have kids a little later. Their kids go to school later. They peak about five years after the average household. So we're going to see two things over the next year. I think we're going to see the stock market collapse again just because it's bubbled up so much. We're, we're near the top. We're, we're near a new high in stocks, and we're probably going to see one. And then the next bubble is going to burst. We've seen one bubble after the next. Each bubble has taken us to slight new highs in the S&P 500, and then each burst takes us to slight new lows. That's been the trend. So that kills those financial assets that are making those people feel good. And then this top group finally sees their kids leave the nest, and they slow in their spending and start saving, and they're the only thing holding up the kind. The thing about this top 20%, they control over 50% of consumer spending. They're only 20%, but they have a, an outsized impact on spending, and and, and an even greater outsized impact on owning financial assets like stocks and bonds, commodities. So that's, I think that that's how the stimulus, you know, you pump it up, you keep everybody happy, especially this top 10 to 20%, and then they finally slow down, and then the bubble you create finally bursts. If, If stocks get too high, the smart money starts selling them. If real estate gets too high, then young people can't afford to buy anymore, then prices come back down. So. The Fed has created a bubble to keep the bubble going. But when that bubble's burst, it's going to hit the only people that are still spending that top 10, 20 percent. And then how does the economy grow? And the answer is it doesn't.
1: So, folks, what this is about, this is about attending our event on Wednesday uh, November 14th at 6 p.m. in Glendale and uh, Saturday, the 17th of uh, November in Glendale. This is a thief in the night, a financial survival workshop, how the global economy will steal retirement from the baby boom generation in the next 10 years. Sandy, how do they get to it?
2: They can go to straighttalkwealth.com slash events and sign up directly online or they can call me at the office at 818-249-7249, 818 249 two four nine seven two four nine and I can help them get registered. Thank and you. And by the
1: way folks, listen, if you register by November seventh, you're saving a ton of money. You're getting thirty dollars worth of materials that will be selling at the seminar. I said no sale, but I mean yeah, some CDs and reports and stuff and then uh, you're going to get that for free if you register by November 7th and you're getting a huge deep discount on the tickets but Sandy let me read some of the agenda that we're going to go over on the event so part one is a thief in the night we'll have a break in the middle with a meal or a uh, heavy hors d'oeuvres or something like that to keep people fed but part one a thief in the night are economic trends just random occurrences or are there basic causes why an economy inhales and exhales the seasons of the economy how governments can pervert the natural cycle and create new investment bubbles keynesian versus austrian economics demographics while young people why young people cause real booms and inflation and older folks don't baby boomers the dominant global demographic factor ben bernanke versus the rolling stones uh understanding inflation versus deflation and their investment outcomes quantitative easing what is it a helping hand or ticking time bomb um, debts, deficits, and taxable targets, predictable outcomes in the 2010s for business owners and investors. And then we'll have a break and we'll have part two, which is uh, four strategies for creating retirement income that lasts as long as you do. I'll give you more of that agenda in the second half of the show.
2: But Bruce, the way to register for this is to go to straighttalkwealth.com forward slash events and sign up online or call me at 818-249-7249. That's 818 818- Two four nine seven two four nine, and I'll help get you registered. And if you register early, by November 7th... Yeah,
1: big discount.
2: Big discount. You can pay $25 for one or $30 for two people, and we'll give you a just a whole bunch of free uh, materials. $30
1: of materials at the event. Listen, you can also download a complete eight-page brochure at the website when you go to straighttalkwealth.com forward slash event, so you get much more on the brochure. Great. Okay, before we go out for commercial break, I want to play this last clip with Harry Dent where I ask Harry, what is going to stop the insanity from the central banks from destroying us and pushing us over every cliff imaginable? Harry, we see today that really it's quite clear that the actual monetary system itself is what is coming into crisis, almost like we'd never seen before in our lifetime. We see governments around the globe way too high in debt trying to bail out their banks in the private sector, which they do, and then they get better and then they get worse. And the acceptable fix today is to just give up on austerity and just write unlimited checks. So European Central Bank's Mario Draghi says there's practically no limit. Whatever it takes, he's going to be there. You can count on it. We're going to print money till Kingdom Come. Bernanke is now open-endedly going to buy mortgage-backed securities. So my question is, first of all, what's so wrong with government spending during a recession? What is so dangerous about the outcome of all of this? And secondly, even if we could see the danger Who's going to stop these guys from doing this?
0: Well, you know, just take a simple human example. If you knew somebody that was a drug addict, and what, what happens with a drug addict, they have to take more and more of a drug to keep them come down the high, and they keep taking more and more of the drug until the drug and the side effects of the drug kills them or, or puts them in a crisis and they have to go into detox. Governments are saying, yeah, we had the biggest debt bubble in history, and yes, we let it happen in the private system. Private banks went nuts, way more than the roaring 20s or any debt bubble in history. And, we're, yeah, I can tell you, in history, it's very simple. You have debt bubbles, assets bubble up around it, and then they burst, and you have a decade of austerity to work off those imbalances. And you can't go to the next boom again until you've worked out those imbalances. Governments are saying, no, that was a bad idea. Austerity hurts. We don't want pain. So we're just going to keep taking more of the drug and keep the bubble going. That is not, and I repeat, not OT. never, ever, ever a good strategy. Japan's been doing it for 20 years. And where's Japan? Never, ever came out of the downturn. Real estate is as low as it's ever been 21 years after the peak. Stocks are near their lows 23 years after the peak. Japan has gone nowhere demographically they're going nowhere they're the fastest aging society and they keep taking what i call more crack more of the drug to ease the pain and you know what the qe gets defeated just as i said by the bubbles it creates stocks will only go so high mark my words the s&p 500 will not go substantially over 1600 before it starts to crash and then then, then that works against the stimulus because it makes the rich people who are still spending not feel rich and then they stop spending and then I mean, everyday people aren't spending anyway.
1: How many times do these central banks have to be hit over the head that what they're doing isn't working before they finally say, let's just let it all go to pot and we're just going to allow it to crash? How is that ever going to happen?
0: You know, this is going to be a lesson in history. We've never done this before. Every debt bubble was met by austerity. Governments lowered interest rates to help make loans easier and give liquidity an economy in the 1930s, but they did not do QE. They did not inject trillions and trillions of dollars. So... This is going to be a lesson. This is Keynesian economics. It's never been applied to this degree before. I think it's going to fail, and it's going to go down in history. It's the stupidest thing. It's like, bank, you know, for bankers to say, oh, auster- we should never have austerity again. What is wrong with you? Life has booms and busts. People are awake and sleep. You know, people inhale and exhale. This is not a machine. This is an organic, dynamic, growing, innovative system, just like the human body. And if you don't let it go through these cycles, you stop the innovation and kill the golden goose. And that's what Japan's done. Japan's never going to be an innovator again, never lead growth again, because they've chosen the easy way out. And the other consequence is their economy never comes out of this endless slump
1: Okay, when we come back, you are going to hear more about inflation versus deflation it's a key topic that you will totally splatter all over the street in what's to come if you don't understand the difference between these two we're going to talk about demographics the core subject to all of this and we're going to look at the big china bubble still to come stay tuned more straight talk wealth radio coming right back after these messages
3: content of Straight Talk Wealth Radio is for educational
1: purposes only. Any discussion on financial products and their features is subject to change without notice. Consult your own tax, legal, or financial advisor as to your specific situation. Tax-free benefits specialists and insurance services, California license 0E48147.
0: You're listening to Straight Talk Wealth, heard every Sunday at 5 p.m. with your experts in all aspects of wealth accumulation, preservation, and income planning guaranteed to last a lifetime. And now, more Straight Talk Wealth with your host, Bruce Whitey, on AM870, The Answer.
1: Hey, welcome back to Straight Talk Wealth Radio. We are talking about a very, very important upcoming event for our exclusively for our KRLA listeners. Wow, it is going man. to be on Wednesday, November 14th in Glendale. We'll give you the specific directions when you call in or when you register at our website, straighttalkwealth.com forward slash events, straighttalkwealth.com forward slash events. The event we're going to be doing is a thief in the night, a financial survival workshop, how the next stock market crash is inevitable, and what you can do about it. And you're hearing the beginning of the story today on our show. We're interviewing New York Times best-selling economist and author Harry S. Dent, close friend of mine in terms of professional. I don't hang out with them and uh, go shirtless at the beach or anything, yeah. but uh, but and, and neither does Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, Sandy, like, like, <laughs> you're there silently. i looking at me like my what kind eyes? of freak am I? My on?
2: eyes are wide. No. Uh, hey,
1: listen, let me tell you. This is what you you we're going to cover in the workshop. This is what's so important, understanding what is going on in the world. Four very important subjects that we're going to cover in the workshop that you can either register at straighttalkwealth.com forward slash events or call our office, leave your contact information, and we'll pick up on your registration uh, by calling you back, 818-249-7249. Sandy will tell you about tickets in just a minute But here's what I'm going to talk about One, demographics, because demographics is the organic driving force. You're going to hear about it in this half of the show that put all of today's events in play starting decades ago after World War II. And no government on Earth can change these organic forces that are influencing the world economies. Now, you'll learn why the demographics, for example, of China, as an example, are going to have to force the big Chinese recession if not depression later this decade you're also going to learn about why we see bubble after bubble you're going to learn about the seasons of the economy and why bubbles are a routine specter of the economic autumn after a hot summer of economic expansion and before the winter the economic winter of decay which is what we're trying to get into right now And winter it be a good thing if you confront it and you deal with it and you're prepared you're going to learn about mistaken policies world governments and banks can be practically counted upon to employ failed strategies, reinflate inflate old bubbles, create new bubbles, and in general, worsen the oncoming economic winter season. And they have been doing this for for centuries, every time it comes up. And you're also going to learn about the light at the end of the tunnel. And you're going to learn why the U.S. is actually poised demographically to boom again by about the end of this decade if only our government doesn't drive us over the fiscal cliff before them now the next break i'm going to tell you about part two of the event which is solutions but sandy how do they get there
2: go to www.straighttalkwealth.com forward slash events and sign up online or call me at 818-249-7249 818 818-249- 249 7249. If I don't answer, then leave me your number so I can call you back and I will help get you registered.
1: And you can also download an eight-page brochure complete about the event at the website at straighttalkwealth.com forward slash events. Okay, one of the most misunderstood subjects that is critical to understand is the difference between inflation and deflation. This is a lengthy little clip from my interview with Harry S. Dent. It runs about five minutes, but in this he explains the difference between inflation and deflation and why it's so important that you Come to the seminar and get your wits wrapped around the difference between these. So, Harry, let me ask you this. Um, I think people hear this and they see that when all of this comes together, it's bound to be this hyper inflationary scenario that so many of us have heard over and over and over again is going to happen. And I know that's not how you're saying that it's going to play out. So help me understand, first of all, why is this a deflationary scenario as opposed to an inflationary scenario? And what will the world look like to the average working person who is saving for retirement if deflation actually overtakes the monetary system as opposed to inflation? Help us understand these two very different outcomes and who would be the winners and the losers for each one of these?
0: Okay, first, why deflation versus de- uh, yeah. inflation. deflation versus inflation? People have a huge, and let me underline huge, misconception that governments create all the money in the system. Governments don't create hardly any money. The, the Federal Reserve has created $800 billion in currency, which a lot of it spread around the world, and only in this recent emergency, $2 trillion in quantitative easing. That's the money they injected into the economy. You know how much mm-hmm. the private banking system created in the last boom from 1983 to 2007? $42 trillion. $42 trillion. Governments don't create money. Banks create money. Financial institutions create money every time they loan and lend against deposits or borrow to lend. So, so yes, of course the government's inflating. They, they've thrown two trillion in the economy, but that's a that's a drop in the bucket compared to 42 trillion in private debt that has started to deleverage about 10 percent and needs to deleverage at least 50 percent. We're going to write off 20 25 trillion dollars in private debt before this crisis is over. Creating money, creating debt creates money. When you write off and when debts fail and when banks fail, you are destroying money. Fewer dollars chasing the same approximate number of goods means you have lower prices. Lower prices mean, guess what, higher standard of living. Lower home prices mean young families don't have to spend as much money on their home and their mortgage. When the young people win, old people lose. Because old people are sitting in assets, stocks, bonds, commodities, real estate. Those assets got inflated by the debt bubble. I mean, quick example, Bruce, between the beginning of 2000 and beginning of 2006 was precisely when we saw the housing bubble. Uh-huh. The average household went from being able to borrow uh, three ta- 3.3 times their pre-tax income from mortgage to 9.2 times, two, almost three times in six years with no major increase in income or credit quality. It was just a bubble. Banks went nuts. All that money and easy borrowing and low interest rates pushed up home prices. Home prices went up 2.3 times, 130%. In five to six years, home prices usually go up at 3% a year with inflation on average. Yeah. This was a bubble. High home prices are bad for the economy. It's great for the people who bought them and are sitting in appreciated homes, but the young people who do buy homes between age 27 and 42, almost all the homes are bought then. They turn around and got to buy a house at two, 2.3 times the price, and they, they don't have any room to eat at a restaurant or raise their kids after getting the mortgage. So it's not good for the economy. The, the housing prices need to deflate. The debt needs to be written off. It was unrealistic. It doesn't match up with the assets. Writing off the debt takes you from 300 pounds on your back down to 50 or 100. Now you can walk or run again.
1: Well, granted, in the long run, it would definitely be better for the world to let the debt break, let it wash and have this deflationary period. But in the interim, there's people that are going to get hurt as a result of it. We're going to have to go through a painful transition. So tell me in that respect, who are going to be the winners and who are going to be the losers in terms of those who planned for the deflationary period that you say still is to come?
0: Well, again, older people with more financial assets, including real estate, lose. Younger people that have very little financial assets, and especially the ones that haven't even bought a house yet, they're in, say, their 20s or younger, they're huge winners. The people who... who take more preserve their capital and take the profits from their appreciated real estate even if it's down some stocks are almost back at their highs take your profits in the next couple months and run turn it into cash when all these things crash again again what did stocks do from two thousand two thousand two crashed after a bubble what did they do after two thousand seven bubble crashed in two thousand eight and nine what are they gonna do after this bubble probably crash in two thousand thirteen and fourteen that's our forecast Stocks can be worth you know fourteen thousand on the Dow one day, and five or six thousand a couple of years later. If you in cash, and that happens, now you can buy stocks at a bargain. If home prices drop fifty percent in your area, they've already dropped fifty percent in Tampa where I live, and probably forty percent in L.A. Yeah, and and you can buy a house. Let's say they drop more, you can buy a house at twenty, thirty, forty cents from the dollar. You you're a winner, but you have to have the cash because. You're not going to be able to borrow. The worse the economy gets, the less banks will borrow, the less you could qualify for credit. The people who preserve their assets are willing to make very little return short-term. You wait for the bubble to burst. Then you reinvest in stocks and commodities and real estate and, and, and things like that. And, and that's what Joseph Kennedy did. He made his fortune between late 29 and, and late 32 when stocks crashed 87%. He sold them near the top when the shoeshine boy was giving the advice, and
2: he took that as a sign. This bubble
0: is getting ready to burst.
2: Bruce, what's this reference to Joseph Kennedy and the shoeshine boy?
1: Uh, it's just a story where uh, Joseph Kennedy was getting was getting a shoeshine and the shoeshine boy. Everybody was so into the stock market. and Everybody in the 1920s was making just this unlimited amount of money out of the stock market that he realized when the shoe shine boy was sitting there telling him what stocks to buy and had the inside scoop on it all, it was a bubble and it was time to get out.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> So, Bruce, our event's on November 14th and November 17th. What are we going to talk about in part two of our event? Yeah, it's really important to know because in part two, we're actually going to, this is entitled. Four strategies
1: for creating retirement income that lasts as long as you do, no matter what the economic climate. So in that part of the second half of the workshop, we're going to talk about what has changed about retirement planning and the unforeseen risks for the baby boom generation that are unique for that generation. We're also going to talk about what will never change about retirement planning. We're going to talk about the retirement income management process. This is in a workshop form. We're going to define retirement for you and we're going to identify identify 12 noble risks, some of which are, Global economic trends are our risk, investment and volatility risk, longevity risk, living too long. We're going to help you get your wits wrapped around how to plan for that. Health event risk, sequence of return risk, taxation and class warfare risk. I mean, that's a real risk coming up is what's going to happen to taxes and class warfare. We're going to give you specific strategies to mitigate specific risks that we're going to explore and how to build your own retirement roadmap in a workshop format.
2: So, Bruce, I really want to stress this event will fill up very fast, and you'll get excellent benefits by filling by signing up early. November seventh is our deadline for early bird registration. It's a twenty-five dollar per person event, thirty dollars for two people if you sign up by November seventh. Go to straighttalkwealth.com forward slash events and register online, or call eight one eight. 249-7249. 818-249-7249.
1: And we got thirty dollars of materials that they're going to get for free if they go early
3: bird.
2: If they are early bird registration.
1: That's great. Okay, in the last part of the show here, I really want to help you get your wits wrapped around why understanding demographics, and we're going to go into global demographics and where the most promising demographics on the globe are, and where the most disastrous demographics on the globe are. So I want to do something here. I want to play for you a story about what's going on in China. Now understand this. China is building 10 cities a year. Metropolises. They have 64 million uninhabited apartments that they've built in China. But remember, China didn't let people have more than one child. Who are they building this for? It is a catastrophe in the making of demographics. I'm going to play you a clip, a, a news clip about the China ghost cities, they call them. And then we're going to come back and talk to Harry about the significance of demographics and how demographics are really driving the current global events we're seeing in the economy. This this is a report by Holly Williams of Sky News. You can find it on YouTube.
5: Kambashir is a shining new city, a monument to China's newfound prosperity. There's an eight-story public library and a state-of-the-art theater. But the problem is there's hardly anyone here. In an overcrowded country, this is spookily silent. It is. There's no industry in Kambashi, no real reason to live here. <laughs> Just a property bubble that encouraged a frenzy of investment in second homes that now lie empty. <laughs> Built for a million people, only 20,000 have moved in. Kambashi's deserted roads make it feel like even less. The only people around seem to be street sweepers.
4: Some it's old a man with a broom. <laughs> but it's still early days. <laughs> <laughs> it might get better later <laughs> on if more people move here. The
1: streets are empty. They
5: call yeah. this place a ghost city, and there are more of them dotted across China,
1: more? symbols
5: of a dangerously overheated property market.
1: They're building 10 a year.
5: But in Kangba they're still at it, building a forest of new apartment blocks. China's economy performs as if it's on steroids and it's pumped up partly by a massive property boom. In some Chinese cities, housing prices have tripled in just five years. In Kangbashi, the property bubble has popped. Wang Pen spent his life savings on this flat. Now it's fallen in value by 20% since the beginning of the year. But he still can't believe the good times will ever end. I didn't
3: have very much money when I bought this,
5: so it's a bit small. But now I'd like to buy a new one, a bigger one. It'll be much more comfortable. They're not used to downturns in China, but this city shows that boom can quickly turn to bust. Holly Williams, Sky News, Kangbashir,
1: China. An old man all alone, sweeping. Mm.
2: Why would they do that? Why would they build all these cities for no one?
1: First of all, it keeps people employed in China, and the government controls all the capital. So the government points their finger and says, build 10 cities a year. They're going to build 10 cities a year. And when you don't go in by elections, the populace is not used to uh, suffering a loss of an election because things are mishandled what they do is they come after you and they chop your head off. If you don't keep them happy, that is what we think is a winning successful capitalist country. That's actually like completely failing because it's just, uh, an out of control communist country throwing capital around and, uh, terrible, terrible study in demographics of building cities for people that are never going to show up. And so, similarly, let me tell you something, folks. When it comes to making your... I'm reading from the brochure here. When it comes to making your plans to get to and sustain the next chapter in your life, today especially, it is important to avoid being blindsided by potential obstacles or risks that could derail or even destroy your dreams. So creating monthly income, which is what you want to do in return retirement that lasts throughout your retirement is tricky and a wrong decision could subject you to unnecessary taxes, penalties, inflation, and market losses. Now, the global economic environment we currently see in the 2010s will certainly continue to be challenging to those that are approaching retirement. And these strategic concerns are fully covered in part one of the workshop The personal planning challenges for the baby boom generation and its fringes, roughly people born, let's say 1940 to 1969, will be uniquely different than that of their parents' generation. And today, in any efficient plan to provide for all the adequate income needs of the 2010s, there's 12 essential risks. We're going to go over that. We're going to see if you know what they are. We're going to help you plan for them. Hey, how do they get to the workshop, Sandy?
2: They can go to straighttalkwealth.com slash events and register online, or they can call me at 818-249-7249. That's the office, 818-249-7249, and I'll help get them registered.
1: That's right. It's listen, tickets, big discount if you order by November 7th. $25 for a single individual. Bring someone else. It's only five bucks more. $30 for two people. We've got $30 worth of goods we're going to give you when you get there. Uh, in addition to that, if you register by November 7th. That's right. StraightTalkWealth.com forward slash events or call 818 249 7249. 818 249 7249. Okay, now I'm going to let Harry Dent tell you why demographics is so important. Okay, final question here, Harry. What is demographics, and why is it so important for folks to understand demographics? For those that are trying to get a grasp of where our economic world is going this decade, why does it come back so much to what you say is always demographics?
0: Well, the big question would be, it should be, why don't economists study demographics? Now, I took it in business school and marketing. Demographics is the key to the economy. Yes, governments governments react. They don't drive the economy. They don't even create hardly any of the money we just showed. New New people enter the workforce age 20 on average. We, we can take demographics, everything people do cradle to grave, just like a life insurance actuary, and look at the average. Average person enters the workforce age 20, gets married at 26, has their average kid at 28, buys their first home at 31, buys their biggest home at age 42, spends the most money at 46, continues to spend until 50, and then drops like a rock and their savings skyrocket and peak at age 54 in quantity per year, and in net worth at age 64. They retire at 63. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Potato <laughs> chips, 42. Camping equipment, 40. Um, we can predict when a new generation is going to do things in ways, when the economy is going to boom and bust, and there's something more. The other in, in, in variable for the economy, for stocks and bonds, is inflation. Well, guess what? Anybody have young people who don't agree with this statement? Young people cost everything and produce nothing. Sure. They're expensive to raise. The baby boomers were all in school in the late 60s and 70s. We had the highest inflation rates in history. When they entered the workforce and started to become productive workers, they drove down inflation. So and we can predict inflation, disinflation and deflation. For the young people entering the workforce and the old people entering, young people are inflationary entering the workforce, old people are deflationary, downsizing, exiting, we can predict that decades in advance. 20 years ago, we saw both the peak in the stock in an economy around 2007, the downturn starting in 2008, and that downturn leading to deflation, ultimately not inflation. So demographics impact inflation, deflation, borrowing, saving, spending, by sector, housing, everything. It's it's the most predictable thing in the economy, and economists pay no attention to it. The only thing they look at is the number of older people that are going to be supported by younger people in the future on Social Security. That's the only place they look at demographics. They're missing the obvious because they weren't taught that at Yale, and and they're not about to change their theories. And they're just pigheaded. <laughs> I, I mean, I've had this for 20 years. We put it out there, predicted by the time they just ignore it. So. so uh, it's crazy. Wow. This is the first thing that makes economics predictable over somebody's lifetime. I can tell somebody when the economy's going to boom and bust over the rest of their lives. And in different Russia. parts of the world. In different parts of the world. Yep. And it's different. Why do you think Southern Europe having such a big problem? They have the fewest children. They have, they have the fastest aging populations after Japan. And after that's Russia. And after that, guess who? China. Everybody thinks China's going to grow forever. China's demographics peak in 2015, and their workforce is going to shrink. For decades after that, how is China going to grow at 10 to 12 percent with a shrinking workforce? The answer is they're
2: not. Bruce how let's go over this agenda on what we're going to be doing at the event it's
1: a two part uh, it's a two-part event it is a workshop hands- on it's called a thief in the night a financial survival workshop we're going to show you how to protect prepare and prosper in this coming decade of change in America part one is called a thief in the night we're going to cover our economic trends just random occurrences or are there basic causes? Why an economy inhales and exhales the seasons of the economy. How governments can pervert the natural cycle and create new investment bubbles. This is a study of Keynesian versus Austrian economics. We're going to talk about demographics. Why young people cause real booms and inflation and older folks don't. We're going to talk about the baby boomers as a demographic study. They are the dominant global demographic factor. This is a study in Ben Bernanke versus the Rolling Stones. Uh, We're going to talk about understanding inflation versus deflation and their investment outcomes, quantitative easing. What is it? Is it a helping hand or a ticking time bomb? Debts, deficits, taxable targets. Man, you need to know where taxes are going in the next 10 years and who they're hitting. Predictable outcomes
2: in the 2010s for businesses and investors. Then we'll take a break. Okay, and then we can sign up at straighttalkwealth.com forward slash events, and the sign up form is right there. Or call me at 818 249 7249. That's our direct office phone number. It's a new number 818 249 7249. And straighttalkwealth.com forward slash events is where you sign up. If you sign up by November 7th, it's very Mm -hmm. limited space, very limited. If you sign up before November 7th, you will be able to get a special price, $25 for a single person or $30 for a couple.
1: This is in Glendale.
2: In Glendale, North Glendale. And if you sign up before November 7th, you'll also receive a package of information when you arrive, two books and a DVD CD set.
1: That's right. The books are basically inflation or deflation, America's monetary system in crisis and how to plan for it and how to make your money last a lifetime guaranteed. They're excellent books. I know because I wrote them. Okay, Good. and we got a, a great uh, DVD for you as well. Listen, part two. Here's what you need to understand about part two of the seminar. As much as things change, some things are going to be very, very different for the baby boom generation, and some things are going to be the same. And that's where the cutting edge of planning has to come in. So, part two is called strategies for creating retirement income that lasts as long as you do, no matter what the economic climate. So, in that, we're going to talk about what has changed about retirement planning, unforeseen risks for the baby boom generation, but we're also going to talk about what will never change about retirement planning. We're going to go over the retirement income management process. This is a workshop format. We're going to define reti- help you define retirement for yourself. We're going to go over 12 knowable risks, including Besides global economic trends, which we talk about in part one, investment and volatility risk, longevity risk. What does it mean to your planning if you live too long, which is going to happen more and more and more in the coming generation? We're going to be living well into our 90s, boomers. Uh, Health event risk. How do you plan for health events? Sequence of returns. What happens if you make low returns first, bigger returns later versus vice versa? Can totally affect the longevity of a portfolio taxation and class warfare risk. Yes, we're going to talk about class warfare coming down on those that are trying to plan for retirement. We're going to give you specific strategies to mitigate specific risks and how to build your own
2: retirement roadmap. How do we get there, Sandy? Go to straighttalkwealth.com forward slash events and sign up or call 818-249-7249, which is our office number. Area code 818-249-7249 and register there.
1: Hey, listen, I am going to be secluded for two weeks before this event, putting it together. I'm giving it my best. If you like our show, this is a chance to connect directly. 818-249-7249, straighttalkwealth.com. We'll see you at the event.